Thank you for stopping by the Courageous Truth Podcast. I'm going to be talking about Romans chapter 13. And if you are a believer out there, then this passage has peculiar meaning to you. Um, I think it's very important that we discuss this. I do realize that this is a, for some reason, it is a controversial topic because I think that it has been misused um, by a lot of preachers and a lot of Christians and believers to hide behind and use, dare I say, a cop-out, and that's already controversial right there, has been used as a cop-out to submit to certain things happening in our world today without confronting them. And I think that that can be a little bit dangerous. And I am actually, you know what? That can be a lot bit dangerous. And I am going to talk a little bit about why I researched and studied out Romans chapter 13, context, historical backdrop, to uncover really what is going on in this particular passage and how it relates to us today. So um, I hope that this is helpful to you. I hope, as always, that it inspires courage to you. It is never my intent to ever get us to be rebellious or lawless. That is not what I am trying to do. I believe that we need to have a biblical worldview We need to rightly divide the word of truth. We need to understand the word of God. And we're going to take a look at Romans 13 today. Like I said before, I hope that this is very helpful to you and inspires you and brings you, number one, closer to Jesus, but number two, aligns you with the mission that God has for you in this hour in church history. So thanks for stopping by. Continue to take a courageous stand for the truth, and I hope this episode blesses you. Welcome, everyone, to the Courageous Truth Podcast. I am very honored that you have chosen to spend a little bit of time with me today. We are going to be going through Romans chapter 13, and I'm going to start this excerpt, this podcast episode out by just reading Romans 13, 1 through 5, and I'm going to read out of the New American Standard Version. Here is what Romans 13, 1 through 5 says. This is Paul writing to the church in Rome. Every person is to be in subjection, some Versions will say submission to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger, who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. 
Love that scripture. The word of God is the 100% truth. There is no more historically accurate book than the Bible that is the most celebrated and the anchor of our lives. But when you read this passage, a lot of people I've heard over the past year and a half, they say we need to be in subjection, in submission to the governor. In March about 2020, we, a new word was introduced to our culture, and that is the word mandate. And all of a sudden, because of the coronavirus, the COVID-19, SARS-19, whatever you want to call it, began to hit the scene and spread around the world. People were gripped with fear, and the governor of our state in Washington and governors and prime ministers and presidents and kings all over the world began to put mandates and restrictions on people's personal life. And then for the year, they started to get tighter and tighter and tighter. And then as people began to push back, they got looser and looser and looser. Here in Washington State, back in June, we were released from almost all COVID restrictions But now here we are two months later, and they are getting tighter and tighter and tighter again. So the question is begged, do we submit to the governor? Do we submit to the government as these things are coming down the pipe? Our governor here in Washington state has mandated that if you want to work for the state or in the school district, you have to get the COVID-19, quote, vaccine. Unquote. I don't know what is more tyrannical than that, saying in order for you to keep your employment, you have to put an experimental drug in your body that has data and proof showing that there are adverse side effects, reactions to this drug. I can't, I'm not going to go into it, the data or the testimonies of how it's harming people, you can go and look that up for yourself, hashtag protect your family, and you will find it. But what I want to talk today, especially when it comes to the church, is the restrictions placed upon the church. At first, the church wasn't allowed to gather or meet in groups larger than 10. Most churches went along with that because we felt it was for the greater good. But as it went on and went on and went on and went on, so many churches began to wake up and realize, wait a minute, these restrictions seem to be coming down the pipe aimed at the church, aimed at the people of God, while strip clubs are allowed to be kept open, liquor stores could stay open, Walmart could stay open, the church was deemed unessential. But instead of pushing back, it seemed like a lot of pastors, preachers, church leaders would say, Romans 13, we must submit to the governor. We're practicing. We want to honor the governor. We want to honor him, especially in in places like California, Oregon, and Washington over here on the West Coast. There were very heavy restrictions on the church. And those who stayed open were deemed by fellow Christians as radicals, rebels. They were looked at as people who were just trying to buck the system for attention. But now we see they had it right all along. But, that be- but with all that being said, we have to go back to the Scripture. The Scripture says in the book of Romans, submit, be in subjection 
to authority. It says the same thing in 1 Peter. It says the same thing in Titus. Be subject to governing authorities. So what does this mean? When we get back from the break, I'm going to break down this passage of Scripture. We're going to take a look at it to decipher what is Paul really talking about? What does he mean? And does this really restrict Christians from putting up a holy fight and standing for their rights as the body of Christ? Stay tuned. I'm going to be right back. This is just a reminder to go ahead and hit that subscribe button. I really appreciate your support here at the Courageous Truth Podcast. Your subscription helps me to know how to create greater content and better serve you, my listener. Thank you for hitting that subscribe button right now. And I'm back. Now diving into Romans chapter 13, 1 through 5. The first thing that we have to realize is what is the governing of powers and how much authority do they really have? So we've got to ask ourselves, so if the government is appointed by God, was it the office, was it the position, or was it the people? There's a common misconception in the church today. There's these cliches, God is in control. I don't believe that God is in control. I believe that God is sovereign and man is in control. We were given the earth to steward and to govern according to our partnership and our trust and covenant with the Lord. God gave us, at least here in America, the opportunity to vote for our leaders. And if all goes well, the majority of people will elect the leader that they want. And they are given power by the people. So they are not the ultimate rulers or the ultimate king. They govern by consent of the people that they were put into office to serve. That's how America works. They represent us. So the question becomes, do we submit to everything that a governor or government says, local government, mayor, governor, president, whatever the case may be? The Bible says in Romans 13, every person is to be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. So there's an authority in the office, in the position, but the person who takes it might not have their heart aligned with the Lord. When God established government, when God created government, we have to look at the mirror image of heaven. How many of you know there is a governmental structure in the kingdom of God, a righteous governmental structure for leadership in the local church, for leadership in the corporate church, for leadership in the home, for leadership in the heavenly places? How many of you know even the Godhead has a specific role for each members of the Trinity. Organization and government were designed by God to carry out a holy purpose. But what has happened is the authority on earth has been taken over by corrupt men that are now running 
amok and abusing their God-given authority to do evil. Romans chapter 13 says, in verse 3 says, For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. If you look in Washington State where I live, good behavior is now looked at as evil, and we are seeing evil celebrated as good. Chaz, chop, whatever you want to call it. They took over a police station, and that was celebrated as good. But yet parents who want to stand up for their children and say we don't want masks or vaccines or evil indoctrinating curriculums taught in our schools, that is looked at as evil. The government was designed by God to protect the good and punish the evil, and they flipped it. And I cannot find any passage of Scripture that says we must support and partner with evil edicts. If you go back to the midwives in Exodus that were told to kill all the baby boys, what did the midwives do? They saved them, protected them, hid them in the reeves. Thus Moses came around. Esther broke the law and went before the king without an invitation. Daniel Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down to the the image of the king. Daniel prayed, and it was a 30-day order. Daniel prayed to a God other than the king. Jesus broke the religious Sabbath laws in front of everybody because they were unjust laws. The laws were being used to oppress the people and keep them back from their healing and their encounter with Jesus. The apostles preached the gospel when it was against the law. Thus, the church was moving forward. Look at people throughout history that disobeyed the law to further the gospel. When the gospel and the message were being oppressed and looked at as evil, they pushed it forward. In in the 1850s, excuse me, Wisconsin defied the Fugitive Slave Act. Wisconsin let slaves come and be free and protected in their state and wouldn't turn them in. They disobeyed the law that was unjust and did what is good. And now we have, we can, I mean, we can follow so many historical examples. Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr. We can look at all these different historical figures that defied the laws for what was ultimately good. See, we have fallen in a trap as the church the day, and especially in this coronavirus era, where whatever edict the governor comes up with off the top of his head, we feel like we need to submit to. This last Christmas season, the governor of Washington State forbid Christians from singing in church. From singing in church, you heard that right. If you're in Washington, you know what I'm talking about. And it happened in other places, California, and it happened in New York, and I'm sure other states and other parts of the world as well. I know I have some listeners over in Germany, and maybe that happened over there. But can you believe that? The governor said no singing, and I was shocked, shocked at how many churches went along with it. Now, 
people would say, oh, well, it's not a big deal. You can worship in other ways. Of course you can. But should we submit the church to the godless governors? Should we submit the church to the rule of evil men? Where they're governing how we worship? I think you know that the answer is no. Thank you for stopping by the Courageous Truth Podcast. I'm going to air the second part of this episode tomorrow so that you can tune in and hear the rest of it. It was just too long to put in one episode, so I'm going to put it into two. I will air that tomorrow. Hopefully, this has given you a lot to think about. Hopefully, this has given you a little bit of a different perspective on how we need to move forward as the church. Like I said before, I can never say it enough. We are not called to be disrespectful. We are not called to be lawless. We are not called to be rebels without a cause. We are called to be submitted to the word of God and submitted to the ordinances that God has put in place for the church. And I believe that there are times when we need to defy governing authorities to make sure that we are staying faithful to the ordinance that God has put on our religious practices. See you tomorrow. Continue to take a courageous stand for the truth. God bless you.